0: This is episode number 71 of the To Birth and Beyond podcast.
1: This episode is brought to you by Willow at Home, an online video series to help you strengthen and condition your core and pelvic floor. It contains three unique classes combining yoga, Pilates, and body weight exercises. If you're preparing for childbirth, recovering postpartum, or want to improve symptoms of bladder leakage, pelvic organ prolapse, or diastasis recti, this series is for you. This class is available in person in my own community and was created by Stephanie Reynolds, a yoga instructor and owner of the Willow Studio. I often recommend these classes to my own physiotherapy clients, and you'll notice I'm demonstrating the prenatal exercise option in the videos, which was a lot of fun, since I loved doing these classes in person during my own pregnancy. Stephanie has generously given 2Birth and Beyond podcast listeners 30% off with the code Birth and Beyond. For direct links and details, check out the show notes for this episode at 2birthandbeyond.com forward
0: slash podcast. Hey friends, Jesse here. Before we get into today's show with Topsy Vandenbosch, I want to let you know that the early bird rate for the Toronto edition of my in-person postnatal fitness specialist live workshop ends this Saturday, June 15th, if you're listening in real time. Postnatal Fitness Specialist Live Toronto will be held on September 15th, 2019 at Iron Lion Training in the heart of Toronto. We will be covering a host of postpartum exercise and public health topics over this six-hour day together in person. I cannot wait to be with you. We are going to be talking about diastasis recti assessments, cesarean scar massage, strength training, high-impact exercise, body image, and there will also be a pelvic floor lecture from Anita herself. She will be there as well. Live events are truly where the magic happens. Being in a room with a small group of people to ask questions, practice these skills, get feedback, and feel inspired going back into your week. There really are no words for the type of energy created from these experiences, The discounted rate ends this Saturday, June 15th. The price will be raising after that. Plus, I want to be sure that you know there are only a handful of tickets left. There will be 20 people only total in the room that day and we're almost 70% sold out now. So if you would love to be there, I cannot wait to have you and to meet you and talk to you and hug you that day with consent, of course. So if you are interested... The link with all the details and to get your ticket is in today's show notes, so you can head there after the episode with Topsy. We're so excited to have you with us on this episode of To Birth and Beyond. I'm Jessie Mundell, mom, kinesiologist, and fitness coach to pregnant and current moms.
1: And I'm Anita Lambert, mom, pelvic health and orthopedic physiotherapist with a focus on women's health. On the show, we provide information and education on fitness, the pelvic floor, fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and women's health. We offer a brave space to have candid and vulnerable conversations on the struggles and joys of motherhood, including all aspects of our physical, mental, and emotional health.
0: While you're listening in, please remember that the information on the show is not meant to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please speak with your medical provider for all things related to your health care.
1: We're so excited to have you. Let's dive into today's show.
0: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of To Birth and Beyond. It's Jesse Mundell.
1: And Anita Lambert.
0: We are so excited today to have Topsy Vandenbosch with us. We are going to be talking about business mindset topics for female entrepreneurs, and this is what Topsy specializes in. And we know you are also going to be low-key obsessed with Topsy by the end of this episode. Because
2: <laughs> I'm obsessed with myself. So <laughs> yes. in order for you to want people to be obsessed with you, you need to be obsessed with yourself. That needs to be, I think that that's a, a branding thing. What do you want
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Topsy, thank you so much for being here with us today.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited.
0: I will give just a mini intro to you, and then we'll talk more specifically about the work that you do in this So Topsy Vandenbosch Bosch LMSW is a mindset coach for female entrepreneurs. She empowers rising female bosses in discovering freedom from negative thoughts and beliefs that prevent them from performing at their highest level at work and in their personal lives. In her second business she has a mental health She has been a mental health therapist for the past seven years and owns a private practice on the West side of Michigan in her role as a mental health therapist. She specializes in providing therapy to career focused women who are struggling with inner confidence and their overall emotional wellness. I love it. And as I'm reading through your bio again, I'm just reminded that even if people listening in aren't entrepreneurs or never are going into an entrepreneurial world, this is personal development
2: work at its core so, absolutely yeah what absolutely a- and so even if you don't consider yourself an entrepreneur or you have no desire to you still belong and you hopefully will still gain some you know really useful nuggets from this episode because in my therapy practice, I really love working with non-entrepreneurs as well, because everybody needs, everybody needs mindset work. It doesn't matter who you are. So I hope that you feel like you belong and I hope that you feel like you can gain something from this conversation.
0: Absolutely. I love that. Okay. So tell us a bit more specifically about the work that you do.
2: Yes. And, and which, in which vein, the mindset coaching?
0: Yeah. Let's talk about the mindset coaching first.
2: Yes. Um, So in the mindset coaching, um, I specialize in working with um, female entrepreneurs who are between the ages of 21 and up. Um, I don't have an age um, limit, but I do have an age minimum. And the reason for that is just because I believe um, from what I've seen at 18 and in my experience in working with female entrepreneurs at the age of 18, it's just It's just a very, you're just very young and you haven't necessarily always experienced a lot in business from what I've seen. Financial resources could be limited. And so, um, and just like the uh, inner inner work that needs to be required in order to even get to the point where you can say, I need a coach, right? You typically aren't at, at that point until you're at least in your 20s just because you're still in that exploratory age. And um, I just like to give people time in order to even discover, do I even need additional help? Do I even need additional um, resources? So 21 is what I've seen has been like that prime time where people are like, you know what? I graduated from college and, or I decided not to go to college and I've been working and I'm ready to do something different. So that's what I've seen. Um, so I help them um, starting from that age to, um, Just discover, you know, the freedom from their negative beliefs. I find that um, a lot of the times in society, we don't really discuss a lot of these issues as it relates to entrepreneurship or being a career-focused woman. So that could be worries. I talk a lot on my stories. I do these things called mini trainings. And I talk a lot about the difference between worries and anxiety because a lot of the times we use those words interchangeably and we really do ourselves a disservice when we do that because we are, I really believe in life and death is in the power of the tongue. And um, that's a quote from the Bible. And I'm not really huge on, I don't remember scriptures very well, but you tell me a rap song and I can tell it to you. Like I could, I could like rap it all day. I'm awful. But um, I really truly believe that what we speak is what becomes. And so, Um, When we use words that don't, uh, you know, accurately um, uh, describe what it is that we're experiencing, we're sending this message to our brain, you are struggling with anxiety when really you might just be worried about something. And so I talk a lot about, you know, the differences between that. Um, I talk a lot about fears. I think that there's a lot of messaging out there to crush your fears and i probably do a little bit of that too but i more so when i work with my clients in the coaching capacity i like to focus more so on um walking alongside them and not letting your fear you know be in the driver's seat because fears are always going to be there um it's going to ride, you know i I like i like you know i like to say new levels new devils Um, I, I've heard that so many times and it's been true in my life. Um, so I like to, in the coaching capacity, really help women discover what are your fears and why are they there? Because they're there to serve a purpose and they're there to keep you safe. Um, but it's up to you to say, you know what? You can't drive today, but you can be in the passenger seat right? Like, I'm not going to let you dictate what it is I choose to do and not do. But I'm aware that you're there and I know why you're there. Um, So in the coaching capacity, I really like to address these like taboo topics that don't really, there's really not uh, a medium in which to discuss it in society. Like, where are you going to be able to talk about this? No one wants to talk about it. No one wants to talk about their fears. No one wants to talk about their worries. No one wants to talk about sadness. No one wants to talk about things, people don't even want to talk about mental health in general, let alone, you know, their mental health as it relates to their business, which I think is huge, you know. Um, so anyways, I hope that that answered your question. But these are the taboo topics that I love to discuss in um, uh, my signature coaching offer, um, the Mindset Reset Intensive, because I think that it's it's huge. And um, I like to allow a place for women to express themselves and to feel and to feel believed and to know that there are solutions
0: yeah I think that that is amazing and it's so true what you said about like there's really no space to talk about this stuff generally speaking and I think that I don't know especially for me as a female entrepreneur who is trying to You're trying to get people to believe in you, to trust you. So, to have that vulnerability to talk about the things that are hard and struggling in your life and in your business feels extra scary sometimes Mm -hmm. because you're like, oh, I want people to think that I'm doing really well and this is okay and everything's fine.
2: And it's not. Right. Absolutely. And I also think, too, and I, you know, like, you know, full disclaimer, I think too, because of the duality of what I do as a therapist and as a coach, I do struggle with vulnerability. I absolutely do. And partly it's because I'm in this unique position where I also have therapy clients that follow me on my online platforms, which I'm, I'm fine with, totally okay with. And a lot of them still get a lot of value from that because they can't also work with me in the coaching just because of like ethical and legal boundaries. So they still are able to gain some things from me. Um, Uh, with what I do on the online space as it relates to coaching. But vulnerability, I think, for me, has been a journey. And what does that look like for me? And I think, and what do I feel comfortable with? What do I not feel comfortable with sharing? Because I think all of us want to appear like we have our shit together. All of us want to appear that we don't struggle with anything. Um, And then there's some of us that don't really care, right? Who will just, like, say whatever it is that they're struggling with which is fine. But then sometimes oversharing happens. And um, that's something that I think uh, nobody really knows how to talk about it. Am I allowed to curse on this podcast? Yes. Okay. (laughs) No one knows how the fuck to talk about it. (laughs) No one knows how to talk about it. Because I think that um, generally, a lot of us just don't really, we don't understand like boundaries. A lot of us don't. And I see that a lot where people are like, oh, I'm going to be vulnerable. And You know and then they end up but then they're not in a place to share it because once they get feedback on what they were vulnerable about and it's negative it like fucking crushes them and it's because they weren't equipped with the tools of how to know when to share Mm -hmm. um which i think is huge so and that's something that i've been trying to walk the walk and Um, So far, so good. I have never shared any, I've shared things that were scary, but I've never shared anything so far on the online space where I was like, Oh my God, like I'm not ready for the feedback. And it's not because I'm perfect. It's only because I'm a therapist (laughs) and I understand it. So, um, but a lot of people, they're not in that space to even think about what that means. So
1: yeah, I was yeah. curious how you coach your clients with that. Like it reminds me a lot of what Brene Brown said, you know, sharing from a scar versus while you're necessarily going through it. But then it can also be help helpful to hear someone going through it. So like how do how do you yeah, how do you coach your clients with that? Cause it just seems like both sides, I see how that can be helpful, but
2: mm-hmm. there's
1: involved too.
2: Yeah, like I think What I, you know, I think that I definitely um, provide my clients with the general, um, with the general guideline of exactly, because I I mean, Brene Brown, she's like the courage and vulnerability Bible, right? Like she's, she's awesome. And I think um, to stay safe, I think, because I think it's important for us as people to be emotionally safe and to share from a safe place so with that um i it depends on what the topic is so if it's so if we're talking so okay let's say for instance um this is just from my perspective there's going to be so many people that view this completely differently so i do want to say that um so from my perspective if you're a business coach and you made a bad investment, let's say, with like working with somebody, which, you know, a lot of us have at some point, and maybe not a bad investment, just one that just didn't have any ROI, um, or maybe the person just didn't have integrity, whatever. Um, coach, Coach Hurt, that's what um, Rachel Luna, um, she's a um, sales and confidence coach. I went to her live event this past weekend. She talked a lot about Coach Hurt, how a lot of people are walking around with this like Coach Hurt, like I spent all this money and nothing came out of it. So that's where that comes from. Um, So let's say you're a business coach, you made a bad investment, but you're a business coach that talks about people being mindful about making bad investments, right, with their money and in their business. Is it going to be helpful for your audience for you to say, I just lost $20,000, you know, I just like joined this mastermind, let's say. And I thought it was going to yield this return. And um, I could tell along the way that it didn't. So now I'm out 20K and I really didn't gain much value. Now, if that's a current culture that you're experiencing, um, I think that it could be harmful for you emotionally to share that on an online space, just generally speaking, because people might have some shit to say about it. And if you haven't healed, then you're opening yourself up to more hurt. So I really look from the the vantage point of where are you at emotionally and then go from there. So if you're sharing that six months later and you've healed from it, you're good with it, you dealt with it, maybe you got some, you know, you recoup some money back, you're just in a healthy place, then yes, 100% share. While you're going through it, I find that the safest rule of thumb is to not talk about it. You know, to not talk about it. Not yet. It doesn't mean that you can't speak about it generally, but it just means that to give more detail could also open yourself up to more feedback that emotionally you may not be in a space for. So that's where I tend to That's what I, that's the vantage point that I tend to come from when I'm talking to my clients about it, just because it's the safest rule of thumb and you can't really go wrong with it. Now, if we're talking about a personal loss in life and it has really nothing to do with your business, but everything to do with your business, if that makes sense. So like um, grief, things like that, it depends. And I really ask people, what is the purpose of why you're sharing it? Because a lot of us like to talk, just to talk. And <laughs> there's a lot of people, they, you know, they're just like constantly, like, you know, we're constantly looking for content, looking for inspiration, looking for a way to connect with their audience. But I think um, that one of the safest ways is to really go back and like think, what is the reason for why it is I'm sharing? Am I sharing to get sympathy? Am I sharing to get empathy? Because if those are the reasons why you're sharing it, then boo-boo, you don't need to be sharing that. You don't need sympathy and empathy from people that you don't know. Get that from people that you actually care about and that genuinely care about you. So I think, I, and that may not be a popular opinion, but that's just really, that's where I stand. I think that you need to look at the place in which you're sharing. Or are you sharing to provide value? Are you sharing, like, is there a point? To what it is you're sharing and how is this going to help someone else maybe look at their grief differently and possibly you know have some healthier ways to grieve right um whatever whatever that reason is i i really encourage people to kind of dig in deeper because sharing just to share doesn't really help anybody i'm just putting it out there and if you're trying to run a business you don't have time to just be inspiring people Like you want hopefully to inspire action. So what is the purpose behind what it is that you're sharing? What's, and is it so that you don't feel alone or is it for, is it really genuinely for your audience to know that they're not alone? And that is, that's gonna come out in your copy and in the way that you deliver that content. People are gonna know the reason for it. So, and I'm sure that my opinion may not be popular but it's because of what I do for a living that I look at things maybe a lot more deeper than maybe what someone else will. So hopefully somebody was able to get something helpful from that.
0: Yeah. I love that. I really appreciate that. It tends to be how I consider what I share online as well is do I have, have I gained a lesson from this yet? Is this still really fresh and hurting or again, like what you said, like what is the true intention? Mm -hmm. I like that. Okay. Let's talk about Comparison Trap.
2: Ooh, oh, girl, let's fail the tea. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so a lot of the people who might be listening in right now who are entrepreneurs are also active on social media. They're building a brand on social media. And I feel like Comparison Trap gets very muddy on social media as well and just okay. ramps up in a big way for a lot of people. So how do you help your clients pull themselves out of this when it is happening, but also stop the pattern of continually falling into comparison trap?
2: Well, um, first of all, I think taking personal responsibility for what's what you're reading and what you're watching and what you're consuming. I think that too often we try to, what I'm noticing there's a huge trend on is other people not posting something that could be triggering for others, um, which is great, but then it ends up taking the onus off of the person from just filtering what it is that they're reading. Um, And I think, number one, one of the first things that I talk to my clients about is recognizing jealousy and envy and how it shows up. Because the more that you try to deny that that's what you're experiencing, the more miserable you become. That's what I've seen. A lot of people feel like that topic is just so ugly Jealousy and envy, which are two totally different things, um, but a lot of people feel as if that is such an ugly topic to discuss, and so um, they don't really like to talk about it, and so what I'm finding, so the so let me read you, so the definition of jealousy, um, jealousy is the emotion related to fear that something you have will be taken away by someone else. Envy is the emotion of wanting what someone else has. So those are two different things that are occurring. So I really like to talk to my clients about what is, like, what are you experiencing? Like, let's go back into our bodies. Let's figure out what am I feeling right now? So discover what that is and don't judge yourself for it because those are normal human emotions. Anyone that tells you that it's not normal is a fucking weirdo and I want to talk to them. We just, everyone just chooses to filter it in a different way. Right? So, what comes up for a lot of us when we hear that someone made, someone had a, I don't know, $60,000 launch? How many of us have experienced um, jealousy? You know, how many of us have experienced envy? Um, you know, and I think it's, it's just normal. The, but then some of us just choose to stay in it longer, and there are others who are able to like cycle out of it a lot quicker. And they're able to reframe it and look at it like that's their launch. I don't know how much they had to pay out in expenses. I don't know how much they had to pay their team. I don't know how much fees were the Squarespace char- Squarespace or PayPal charge. I don't know. None of their business. So a lot of us are just able to find different ways to cope with it and just re- like recenter. Um, so understanding what's happening in your body. Um, jealousy and envy. What am I feeling Um, is it either? And just kind of go from there. The other piece is, why am I following this person? So what was the purpose of why I chose to follow them? And, And it kind of just lets you know, do I still need to be following them? Because it might be that you started following them when you first discovered this thing called business coaching and you realized, oh my God, I have a financial analyst background. I know how to manage money. I ran my own business. Maybe it was very successful you might realize like that could be something that you could actually do. So you followed a bunch of business coaches, but you might find later on, you know what? I don't really need to follow them anymore because they're kind of my competition and I don't want to see their stuff in my feed, you know? And so that's okay. That is okay. And so I think, re to look at why am I following this person? What value do I get? Or is it just comforting to have accounts to kind of scroll through and tap, like not like comment, look at their stories being nosy. Cause I'm a nosy Rosie, you know, and like <laughs> it forces you to kind of analyze what is the purpose of me following this person. And so, so that's even before the, a follower unfollow. Me, it has to happen it's kind of like what's the purpose if there is no purpose unfollow like don't even don't even think about it but if there is a purpose and if you do gain some value kind of figure out like does this still serve me in this season of business that i'm in and so yeah and so then after that um i think that it's important to really look at what's a them issue and what's a me issue so let's say you decide to keep following them right knowing that their business seemingly on social media they're fucking killing it they are killing it they're having huge launches they're vacationing somewhere amazing so let's say you decide i get a lot of value from them their fucking copy is fire um i just love everything that they put out whatever so then i think it's important to discover if you're still feeling that comparisonitis um, come on is it a them issue or is it a you issue So a them issue would be um, something, it would just look like um, they are never, ever vulnerable about stuff. They make everything look amazing, but maybe you know that things are not, um, they're not being honest about things. Um, So it needs to be something tangible, something that you know. Um, A you issue would be you're feeling jealous or you're feeling envy or you aren't satisfied with where you're at in business. And so you're projecting your fears, your beliefs, your whatever on them and their business when really it was a you issue all along. So it's really important to really figure out, is it a them issue or is it a me issue? Um, I like to say, you know what, that sounds like a you issue. You know, I like to say that because people like to make things other people's problem and it's not, it's not their problem that you're triggered. It's not. And people don't like to hear that. So I think, and sometimes that's not a good enough reason to unfollow. Mm. Oh yeah,
0: that's a good point.
2: And people find that difficult because they're like, well, if it doesn't make me feel good, I don't, you know, if it doesn't make me feel good, I don't want to follow them. But really it's going to (laughs) be, but then it's like, okay, but who the fuck are you going to follow if you've unfollowed everyone because you're feeling jealous? You need to deal with that, boo-boo. You need to deal with that. And so that's why I think it's important to really flesh out what am I feeling? What's happening? Why am I even following this person? And is it a them issue? Is it the way that they're delivering their content? Is it you just don't jive with your personality or is it just purely a you issue that you're projecting whatever it is that you feel unsatisfied with in your business and in your life on them and making it their, their problem, which it's not. So those are unpopular, but it's true. <laughs> it is it's true. true. Damn and, it. <laughs> so I'm really about people taking personal onus on, um, On their behaviors because I'm seeing a lot of like people not doing that and that's not cute
0: yeah totally and I think that again for people who are listening in who are not entrepreneurs perhaps Mm -hmm. you are a mom and we see a lot and we talk a lot about like the mom comparisons and on social Uh, media and whatnot and I think that this again this falls into that realm as well too absolutely Yeah. Always talking with my clients about um, unfollowing people who, again, are not making you feel good. You're having a difficult time with it. And at the same time, examining that stuff for your own
2: self. Yeah, 100%. I actually, in my private practice, um, it's not like a specialty, but it's something that I found that I really enjoy. I love working with stay-at-home moms, um, Psalms in my private private mental health practice. And um, yeah, that happens so much. And I think a lot of the concepts are all the same, you know, examine what's going on. Is it a them issue or is it a you issue? It's all the same things. It all applies because people are always judging their, you know, their motherly, you know, their motherly instincts or um, the mom guilt, you know, and all of that. And I think all of the same concepts, they still apply 100%, 100%.
1: And I feel like comparison goes really kind of hand in hand with fear, like you've been talking about. Yeah. So like for business fear that your service or product isn't going to sell or fear yeah. of like judgment, or then there's also fear of not investing in. Yeah. Your business. So what are some key steps that you would recommend um, people take if they're feeling this, which I think would be anyone in business?
2: <laughs> yeah. So if they're feeling, so you're saying if they feel, if they're feeling fear, Hmm. Okay. So they're feeling fear. Um, and just as it relates to different areas of business, whether it's, you're afraid that your stuff isn't going to sell or whatever, is that what you're asking? Just want to make sure I understand. Yeah. Um, I think, um, what I've seen is what I've seen is fear. Fear is gonna be there. It's just up to you to not allow it to drive your decision-making. So if you're having fear about, um, I think, action steps are going to be huge. So if you're having fear about possibly um, something not selling out, let's say, um, and I think, so let's say you have, um, I don't know, a program launch and you're like, I've invested so much money, you know, I mean, Jesse, you just launched, you just launched like your um, certificate program a couple Like, like, was it like a month and a half ago, two months? Yeah. The last time we spoke, I was in the middle of launch week, which is perfect timing to talk to. you. Yeah, it was launch week. So let's say you have all this stuff invested into launching, but there's like, you just like are having this, this like crippling fear about things that could go wrong. Um, or, you know, either based in fact or in reality or fact um, or, you know, myth. And I think it's important to first identify, is this a fact or is this a myth? Like, am I making this up? Is my launch really going bad? What is the evidence for what it is that I'm experiencing right now? Because a lot of us, I like to tell my Mindset Reset Intensive clients and just on my Instagram stories, period, that feelings are not facts. Just because you feel something doesn't make it true. So really analyze what are the facts for what it is that I'm feeling. And if there is no facts, let's say your launch is going well, or, and you know, I think, what is it, statistics show that, um, there's like more people will invest in your launch, like sooner, closer to the deadline, because people really do well when, I mean, some people don't like it, but people really do well with scarcity. They just do, I don't know why, it's just the way that we think. Um, and so really analyze what, what are the facts behind what it is that I'm feeling? that would actually be step number one. Um, so, and which kind of, it's is the same thing as, is this a fact or is this a myth, right? Like what it is that I'm feeling like really analyzing it and is this is real or is it not? Um, and then secondly, being able to um, have um, proof as to, so if it is true, what it is that you're feeling, being able to do like a really quick um, either journaling activity um, or writing it on your notepad on your phone of what is the evidence for what it is that I am feeling. So if I'm feeling that my launch is failing, what is the evidence behind, like, how do I know that that's true? These are what the numbers are. These are what the stats are right now. This is, you know, this is how close I am to like the launch date closing or whatever, whatever evidence you have, I need for you to write it down. And then on the other side of that, Um, I want for you to write down, what is the evidence against what it is that I'm feeling? So if there's a chance that this is all based on your feeling and you don't have hardcore facts, what's the evidence against it? And then I want you to develop a new thought. Here's what my new thought is gonna be based on the facts. These are the facts. And if you find that there are no stats, there is no, like this is actually true, Then I need for you to have an action plan of what it is that you're gonna do differently. Are you going to, you know, are you going to invest in that program that maybe you haven't? Or are you going to look at your money mindset and look at how have I prepared for this season in my business? You know, am I working with a financial advisor? Am I working with a coach? Because you need to be getting paid regardless of whether your launch is going well. I'm not a business coach at all, but I know that much about business is that you need to feel secure. And if you are depending, if everything is depending on this launch, that's not sustainable. You need to have that recurring income, whether you're paying yourself from this reserve, from this launch that you had before that was successful. We need for you to figure out financial stability because that is what really um, that's what really determines whether or not the here is valid. That helps a lot. Some people are not big fans of that. You know, some people feel like. You know what? I shouldn't have to get another job to, you know, do, you know, sustain my business. I shouldn't have to do all of that. Who said? Who said? If everything is depending on this launch and you don't have even money and reserves, then you need to have a job. You need to have income. That's. I'm very practical. I'm very practical because I, I think because of my social worker background, that is what helps people feel secure. You deserve to feel secure. You deserve to have your bills paid. So I think I like to really address the the tangible and um, practical steps that people can use to help that fear alleviate. Look at the facts. Am I, you know, am I basing this on feeling or am I basing this on fact? What is the evidence for the thought that I'm having? Oh my God, my launch is gonna fail. What's the evidence against it? What's my new thought? And then I want for you to really look at what am I doing in my business that isn't helpful? So am I not saving? Am I not paying myself bi-weekly? You know, what am I doing? Um, Do I need to get another job so that I can feel secure? So I'm not feeling this like panic attack when my launch isn't going well? What what do I need to do? So those are some tangible steps that I would tell people to first start with because that's really gonna help alleviate those worries and potentially anxiety that comes up when um, fear wants to hit you in the ass because it will. And it's just a matter of what your plan's gonna be. Because oftentimes the solution is is often what we never thought about or maybe something that we didn't really think that we wanted to do. So maybe it's hiring a launch coach. You know, Isabella, um, I did her Guava Boss Mastermind and it really helped me feel comfortable with sales. What's up, Isabella? Love her, highly recommend her, 100%. She will change your life and change your business. She has a program she just launched called Oh man, rocket! Launch. I think rocket launch, and she's just the shit. So some people they feel a lot of pride. They feel like they shouldn't have to do that, maybe because they invested in a program before. Guess what? In business, we always got to keep investing in ourselves, you know. Um. So I don't know if that answers your question, Anita, but I hope that that gave you know people that are listening somewhere to start.
1: Yeah. No, I love that, and I feel especially when you talked about like making that list because yeah. I think you can apply that to anything. So you like. Can. Even how we talked about with social media, if you feel like other people are judging you, making that list of like, is this really true, or is this you know what I'm feeling? So mm-hmm. I love that. And do you also feel fear is necessarily a bad thing? Like no. do you feel like there's actually some positive sides to it?
2: One hundred percent. I think that fear. Um, I think that fear and courage kind of run parallel to one another. I think that fear is a beautiful thing because a fear means that you're you're uncomfortable and you know to me that's where growth happens growth doesn't happen when you're feeling comfortable and you're in your safe corner you know in your corner of the world on the internet you know talking to internet people that you've never met but you refuse to go to in-person events you're refusing to i talked about that on my stories is people need to get out there and meet people offline That is where most of my relationships and new friendships have come from is just saying like, you know what, online is a great vehicle to meet people, but let's take this offline. Am I going to see you at the next event? Like, especially if I'm vibing with somebody, I don't have time to just have internet friends. I just don't like I don't have the energy for it. I want to like, how can we take this offline? Because I want to meet you and I want to you know, I want to hang out. I want us to, I mean, not everybody, I'm not, you're not going to feel that connection with everybody, but if there's someone I do feel that connection with, it's like, you know what, like, let's make this real. So I think that fear is a beautiful thing. And there are some people that are scared of fear, but what would happen if we decided to dance with it? Yeah. I love that advice. So, so good. You're not going to die from fear. You're not. So that's just, I guess that's my advice. (laughs) I feel like we need a
0: topsy group call weekly.
2: Oh, I, lo- I love you.
0: <laughs> okay. I want to talk about rest, taking mm, downtime. Yeah. Yes. This is so hard. How do we find flow in this capitalist, hustle celebrated society?
2: Yeah. Um... I think doing what's like not considered popular and having really good boundaries. So, um, and I think that often can come alongside with working on your money mindset because what I've noticed is a lot of people were sac- will sacrifice time with their family or time with um, their dog or their significant other or with friends for business. And I understand that businesses have different, Seasons, but for some people that season's already passed and you need to be spending time with them people because you're going crazy and it's showing So I think that it's important to Because those are the people that are going to be there when the business god forbid if anything were to happen Those are those are your go-to peeps Those are your go-to peaks and you don't want to be that person that's only going to them when shit's just going haywire You want them to be your constant. So I think really valuing that and seeing that as true wealth that's going to change everything i think money is amazing money is energy i 100 percent believe that it comes right back to you um but i also think it's important to true like really truly working on your money mindset means taking time to be with those that you love without fear that your business is going to suffer i think people really equate that um with their business suffering well if i take time for me What does this mean? And then let's say somebody's listening that doesn't have a business and that's okay. So let's say somebody's listening and um, they're in their their careers or um, maybe they're a stay at home mom. I don't know. Um, Or maybe they're just starting to venture out and really are thinking about starting their own business, whether it's like, you know, fitness training, whatever. Um, I think it's important to look at. So with your, so with your money, so with your money mindset, I think it's important to really analyze what are you think, like, what thoughts are you having that are preventing you from spending that needed time with your family and resting? Are you feeling like everything's going to fall apart if you're not a part of it? Because that's not true. And if that is the case, if it's actually true that shit is literally going to fall apart at the seams, then you need to develop different systems in your family where they are not dependent on you for their any and everything. So maybe you need to, you know, so maybe you need to outsource, little bit what can you sacrifice so that you can outsource a little bit to have that peace of mind so that you can rest because you deserve to rest a lot of the time a lot of us women we feel like we can't we feel like we need to go 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 and don't let you have some kids it's a wrap you really feel like your life belongs to them and so you're at their service um and what can happen with that is you neglect yourself and so I think it's important to put systems in place so that you can take time because you're a better mother, a better coach, a better, you know, uh, you know employee when you are able to rest. And that is gonna be critical. It's critical for your family. It's critical for your business. It's critical for your money. So I think it's important to really view that as one and the same. Resting is a part of my wealth. Resting is a part of my money story. I am not gonna allow money to... Or fear of not having money to prevent me from resting and taking time with my family and so on and so forth. I'm gonna ask my husband, I'm gonna take my husband up on that offer. He offered to, you know, possibly come home early from a trip he really wanted to go on just so I could have childcare, you know, for one evening while I went out and did my own thing. Because some women will just flat out say, no, no, I got this, it's fine, and it's not fine, and you don't got it. So (laughs) you need to do something different, boo um so yeah that's my whole you know story on rest I think rest is so important
0: yeah absolutely and it is so true that we go to those defaults of no I got this I'm fine and it is about (laughs) not true whatsoever as you (laughs) said and taking responsibility for that and setting the boundaries around that which Mm -hmm. is super difficult as well but Mm -hmm. necessary if you want to thrive in your life and not feel like you're just surviving your life
2: all the time absolutely thriving Mm -hmm. not surviving I love that
0: and I don't know if you can speak to this as well or if you're comfortable speaking to Mm -hmm. this Anita and I can't speak to this as white women but what I Mm -hmm. learned from black women and women of women of color is that this is so much more heightened the feel of needing to like keep going keep pushing you have to be strong constantly all the time and there is no time for downtime in your
2: world Mm
0: -hmm. do you feel this do you see this with your clients
2: yeah yeah definitely with my um clients that are women of color they definitely um i think in society i think that they definitely feel like they don't have room to say like i can't handle this they feel like they're expected to just deal with it that you're going to be okay Um, Is that fear of, uh, or is that belief that I need to work harder than, you know, the Caucasian woman next to me in order to prove myself. Let's say if you're in the, um, you know, if you're not an entrepreneur necessarily and you're, you have your career. um, And so there is that fear of how will I be looked at if I'm not able to execute where, you know, Sally, maybe, uh, Sally or Susie or Susan, (laughs) love all of them, but Sally, Susan, or whoever, um, they are able to, you know, they're not looked at differently, perhaps, and you've observed that, so I definitely have seen that happen, and so um, what I try to, so especially, so in the entrepreneurial world, sometimes that can carry over, because I think people sometimes think that when I start my own business, it's going to be different, and it won't be different if you haven't worked on and worked through some of those mindset blocks. So if you had it when you were working for someone else, you're going to have it times a million when you're working for yourself. None of that shit changes until shit changes. So I like to work with women on just really rewiring the way that they think about those things and true some of it is still going to be valid unfortunately in this society um there is white privilege and there's going to be a lot that happens and i i don't know that this is necessarily the episode to really get into what that means but i would encourage and empower all of you to check out rachel cargill i don't know if you follow her jesse but she is that I love her. She talks a lot about, um, you know, white privilege and about the the experience of, you know, African American women and just different ways to discuss these really difficult topics and how it relates to the workplace. So Rachel Cargill, I, I don't know what her handle is, but I'm sure it's that on Instagram. Her last name is spelled C-A-R-G-L-E. So she's somebody. She's a really good resource to really go and just read up um, um, on white privilege and how it affects um, Black women. All of that. Um, go do that. But outside of that, I think that um, I definitely see that with my women um, of color that I work with. And I think it's something that it's an ongoing struggle, but it's something that it's possible to be able to have this healthy balance where you aren't um, necessarily in your business allowing that to define you and what it is that you do. It just takes some rewiring, I think, and looking at things differently and realizing that you're safe. Um, I think that that comes from a place of safety, feeling like you can just be yourself and not have those external pressures just for a little bit. Yeah.
0: And I just want to reiterate what you said there, that this is for the white people listening in, this is not um, on us to say, well, black women just change your minds about these things. Like we as white people are holding up these oppressive systems so it's on us to do the work to figure this stuff out and to shift that balance of privilege so yeah we'll link to a few people the show notes but like you said Rachel Cargill incredible perfect place to start yeah
2: 100% and I love that you tackled this on this podcast oh my god I'm just loving this podcast and everything it stands for I'm living right now (laughs) we these conversations are
0: necessary we have them
2: kudos to you kudos to you guys you guys are doing the work i fucking love it we're just trying to be decent
0: (laughs) that's really what it
2: is (laughs) decency you're amazing you guys are amazing this was so much fun
0: one more question please okay i need to go for it you choose
1: um yeah i think this is good in terms about um struggling like people you're working with who are struggling in business. So Mm. there's always this kind of quote of, um, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. Mm. But even if you love what you do, there will be struggle and there will be days that, that you're not, it's not rainbows and sunshine. Right. So how do you, um, or what's your view on struggle in business? Like in terms of when you're coaching someone who's going through one of those times,
2: Mhm mhm so how to how do i help my clients work through struggling in business
1: mhm yeah
2: okay i really like to start inward and then move outward what's happening in your business is a lot of the time brought on by us either it's some something that we chose not to invest in that could have made things better that could have made that launch go smoother, that could have had you feel more comfortable with sales and hopping on the phone with people, if that's the model of your business. Um, for product-based businesses, um, I think it's important to, you know, if, you, if you're you not quite sure whether something is gonna sell out or whatever, I think it's important to still have a coach or a mentor that knows specifically how to sell that thing. And it's okay to ask for help. So I think I really like to look at what are we doing in our businesses that's, for, that's causing for us to struggle? Because a lot of the time we don't need to be struggling. We're just choosing to not outsource. We're choosing to not ask for help. We're choosing to not do the thing that could change everything for us. What are we What are we afraid of? What are we holding ourselves back from? So that's really where I like to start. And then we can move outward and maybe look at, you know, and maybe look at, oh, so-and-so said that, you know, this is the best way to go. So I decided to listen to that advice. Then we can start looking at some of these other choices that you've made that's caused for you to struggle internally and not trust yourself because something happened In between you making the choice to possibly um, not listen to your intuition or your gut on something, and then somebody else telling you what was a better way to go. There's something that happened in between there that caused for you to feel unsure of yourself and not confident in your business. And confidence, like Rachel Luna says, confidence is currency. If you have confidence, then you're going to have a bomb-ass business. If you don't have confidence, you're going to struggle constantly, and you're going to constantly just not feel settled. So it's important for that confidence to be ongoing. And how do we do that? We have to go inward and we really have to look at what am I doing that's causing for this to be the case? How do I contribute? And then we can go to the other stories of, you know, well, Bobby did this to me and Susie did that to me. And, you know, if that's relevant, we can go there, but I think it's important to take personal onus and responsibility for where you're at
0: damn it, Topsy, you always say
2: exactly what we need to hear. It's unpopular and people don't like it, but oh well, you ain't got to work with me. (laughs) And it's it's true. (laughs) It's a hard truth. It is hard. It's hard stuff. I'm not gonna lie. It's hard shit, but somebody has to do it, right? Yes. As we wrap up here,
0: is there anything we didn't touch on that you think is important for us and our listeners to hear?
2: If this spoke to you. If you're feeling like, you know what, my mindset needs some work. Um, I still have spots left for my mindset reset intensive for the month of June. I do open a limited amount of spots just because I do have a therapy practice and I like to give equal energy to all of my clients that I work with. It's a one-off session, 75 minutes Um, And we end up talking about your fears, negative beliefs, your top ones um, that we can get to on the call that are preventing you from making bank in your business because confidence and um, having the confidence to be able to run your business is everything. And if you don't have confidence, your business is trash and your money is trash. So I know that mindset is the last thing that people normally want to invest in because it's not tangible, but I encourage you to really take a deep dive and look at in what ways has your business suffered because you refuse to address your n- limiting beliefs about yourself. Cause I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna bet you that it has a ton Is you've lost out on a ton of money because you had too much pride and you didn't want to address those issues. So I still have some spots left this month. Um, application is in my bio on Instagram. I'm on Instagram at Topsy Um, I'm sure that it'll be in the show notes, but T-O-P-S-I-E, Vandenbosch, Super Dutch, V-A-N-D-E-N-V-O-S-C-H. So follow me on there. I hang out on stories. What up?
0: Yes. I highly recommend Topsy's mindset uh product, her program, and also to be following her on Instagram. Your stories, so much value there alone and also in your feed as well. But I really love when you coach on your stories. It is just thank you. Yeah, straight straight to what you need to hear every single
2: time. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that, Jesse. And thank you so much, Anita.